Hi, and a warm welcome to all of you. Glad you could join our podcast. My name is Kate Pohl, and I'm head of bank and partner strategy at TraxPay. My partner is Stephen Batiste, the CTO of TIS. Today, we are very, very excited <laughs> indeed to have a conversation with Miriam Voifat, serial fintech founder, CEO, author, and supervisory board member. And just so you all know, including Miriam, I've been tracking you for years and I'm one of your <laughs> biggest fans. <laughs> no pressure here. Stephen <laughs> and I are so delighted to have you on Digital Dump today. Um, and I'm especially proud that we're finally uh, uh, actually having an interview with not only a woman, but a very special and prominent woman in the field. So I wanted to start with a quote that you actually gave um, a few months ago to the Manager Magazine, and I translated it into English. So I, and the quote was, I truly believe that success of the next or the younger generation will have more to do with courage and creativity than knowledge. And this sounds exciting to me, but perhaps a little too easy given the complexity of technology today. So in fact, uh, the reason we started our podcast was the to actually demystify technology. So can you talk about what this meant to you and in mm -hmm. fact, what it means? Actually, it meant to me that, you know, in Germany, I think, you know, in the schools today, you, you, you learn some topics and you call it Fachwissen. Yeah? So you have, you, you actually, you, you get certain kind of things that you learn and then you get a examine that you are somebody. And for me, this was something like, that it's not enough anymore to be somebody and to have some kind of certification. What you really need in the future, and this is why, because I mean, technology, te technology is changing so much. I think you need to be curious and creative that you are, get the ability for lifelong learning. This was more what I meant with this behind it. Yeah, so it's not that we should not need knowledge. I mean, yes, we need knowledge, but you don't, I mean, it's not the knowledge that you once got you cannot use it all the time. It's just a basis for more knowledge. And this is probably what, what has changed. Because I think in, in earlier days, you had, uh, you had a degree in something, you became maybe a leading person, a manager, whatever. And then you were, it, it was, you had the special knowledge. Mm -hmm. this Understood. Is, this is not really working anymore. Yeah, so it's almost a bit of knowing how to learn or learning um, uh, understanding that so you can always go further yes. and build on it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. And I, I mean, I do, I don't disagree with you. Don't misunderstand. I think that um, the whole idea of courage and really standing up and uh, doing new things is, is key. But I'd like to stay on the topic of technology with you, if you don't mind. Yeah. And ask you a little bit about what you think are the key technologies that will shape the world of finance going forward. So, I mean, it's it's sure blockchain and crypto. This is one big thing. But I also really believe in uh, embedded financial services as the very, very big thing in the future because you see certain kind of behaviors. You see people shifting, going to platforms, shopping in platforms. You see platforms all over for every vertical. And people are, you know, the customer, the consumer is more, they, they want more personalized products. They want more things that fit their concrete need. And therefore, I think you will have life and platforms in a way. And therefore, it's not really the bank itself anymore. Yeah. 
the brand of the bank. I think people trust more in other brands sometimes because they have more relevance in their life. Therefore, I think it will be these kind of platforms where the people have the most relevant part of their life, where they also want to have financial products. And therefore, I truly believe in these embedded things that are going to happen in the future. We are still in the beginning, especially here in the German market. I think some countries are further ahead than Germany. But I really think that this is a huge trend. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Platforms, <laughs> ecosystems. I mean, I work with two platforms now, so you can see that it's, it's, it's totally within um, what I believe in. Um, what do you think about AI? You didn't mention that. Oh, sorry, I forgot AI. Sorry, I had to ask it since it's my favorite. Yes, no, no, AI, 100% agree. I just, you know, thing is that AI is sometimes more often a bit under the, the let's say. Under the radar? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 not under the radar. It, you need AI to do other things. So okay. let's say it like this, this is kind of a rail. So yeah. AI is more or less the rail for also embedded financial services. For example, at, at, at banks where my startup, we use also AI in order to do better underwriting, to do better credit scoring, etc. So this is a, a technology we need in order to, to build better products. Yes. So, I mean, I think this is also core probably in every, it's, I mean, most of the fintechs work with AI-based tools. <laughs> so. uh, no, totally, totally understood. Yes. So it, it's, so. You're, you're saying it's the whole foundation, basically, yes. basis yeah. of everything we do. Yeah. So that, that's clear. Um, and we'll get, we'll get to all these other points, but I wanted to stay on AI for one more second. One of the discussions that we've had um, on the podcast, actually, a few times was how we uh, we use the benefits of AI without um, or being able to get rid of some of the biases or mm -hmm. being able to make sure it's used for good. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts there? What can be done or what should be done? You know, I think actually what we really have to think of also when we say educate software engineers, I think maybe you also have to educate them a bit in ethic. And Absolutely. I think this could be something that the education itself in this has to change because I think the, in the, the future AI needs to be more ethic. Yeah. They need to be, we need to have more ethic in the future AI because to make good AI. Yeah. And uh, totally agree. I'm going to, uh, we're going to do an AI, a whole, a whole panel discussion on AI. And you're coming back, Miriam. You are not getting out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> and and being becoming more ethical and becoming more responsible, I think yes. is the key. Yes, uh, I'm totally with you there. Okay, before going on to any more questions about technology and other things, I want to have uh, I want to share with the the audience also a little bit more about you and your career path. So, if I read your profile correctly, you actually started with sales for banks and financial services companies. So, when did the entrepreneurial bug actually bite? <laughs> the entrepreneurial bank. See, well, I started very early in the year 2000 in the in the internet payments industry for a small company called Bibit Global Payment Services. That was a startup at that time. Even we had did not have the term startup at this time. So <laughs> I was, I don't know, employee number 13 or so. And I was responsible for Germany. What what I really liked about this because I came out of a corporate world in this very small startup. 
And, you know, my, my boss, uh, he was just very cool. He was so different. He was so different than what I learned in the corporate world. So he was more like, he was not my boss. It didn't feel like this. It, well, he was my colleague yes. and he, he yes. gave me freedom and he trusted me. And this is something I learned, which I really, really loved. I love this job. I love this company. I did everything for them. I, it was not my company, but I, I felt really, really, let's say, associated with this company and so this company was sold 2004 to Royal Bank of Scotland that's the reason why I ended up in ah, the bank and, I, was, and, I was gonna say I knew yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I wanted to get to that bank part yeah yeah it was then <laughs> yeah so and I, you know I never thought that I would work for a bank but this suddenly happened then so and this became world pay this uh, small thing of Bibit but and then now why did the entrepreneurs thing hit me because the founders of, of Bibit Global Payment Services we are also the founders of Edian. So it's the same group of people. And uh, Peter, Peter Fandadis, who is the CEO of Edian, he was my very wow. inspiring boss also. And okay. this, you know, this made something with me. Also, let's say, working very closely with these people that founded a company and also realizing that uh, you don't need to know everything by yourself in order to build a, a great company. <laughs> Yeah. So the team and, is the key, right? Yes. And also, yes, realizing that you need the people on your side that are much better than you on all the things that you're not good at. Yeah. So you need really people that compensate each other. And then you can really create a strong team. If you can really, let's say, live and work in your strengths. This is what I learned there. So because I had, I always have to tell this story because I was not a typical entrepreneur. Yeah. So I stayed then, and then after financial crisis, I left also WorldPay and I, I worked for Ogon, which was also a PSP, sold to Ingenico uh, a year later. Uh -huh. And we worked on, on white label solutions for, for, for yeah, financial institutions, for companies. And we did PSP solutions or payment service provider solution as a white label functionality. But, uh, uh -huh. you know, we did not have the product invoice payment so now it is really posh uh, called buy now pay later at that time it was called in germany payment upon invoice so use you, you get uh, I, I you feel rate, later. i feel rate pay coming in here i feel it coming so you feel on. it coming yeah, so it's suddenly you know i was i was working with my customers here in germany and you know and they always said why isn't it possible to have an invoice payment integrated into a psp solution and then, yeah, I was looking at this and then finally understanding why, because these are all offline processes. And, <laughs> and I really, I thought, okay, it needs to be possible that you can make an online solution out of this. But at Ogo, nobody was interested in this. So <laughs> I decided, ah, then it okay. hit me because I really thought, okay, you know, I know this market. I know these customers. I've been in this market now for nine years at that time. I know basically everybody in this industry in Germany because, you know, I grew up with this industry right. and uh, then I thought I will do a company. <laughs> and I did. I thought really, okay, at that time when Peter is able to do that, I mean, who I work with really closely and I know really well, I thought then I can do it as well because I'm, I mean, I can I can do some things as well that she can do. And I, I just need to write people that are able to build it because I mean I, I cannot build it by myself because I'm not, I mean, I'm I'm not not a, a super tech, technical person. I think I have a really good understanding of 
of things, how they work together. And I can talk about technology, but I cannot program myself. I, I mean, this is just something I cannot do. So yes, and then uh, I decided to do that. <laughs> 2009. <laughs> this was the first thing, yes. And um, yeah, it became quite successful RatePay actually in the course of the years. I would say that as of today, probably RatePay is the number two in the, in the invoice payments market in Germany as a white label company. So by now, pay later now. It's, uh, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to buy now, pay later. But what, yes. gave you the, what gave you the courage to do this? I mean, tell, tell our listeners, because that's something I think that a lot of people say, I have these great ideas, but how do I actually do it? Yeah, the, I, I'm, the, I, to be honest, sometimes I don't know how to answer these questions because I don't, I would not consider myself as, you know, super, I don't know, <laughs> courageous, whatever it is. But what, what, what I am maybe is, you know, when I really have an idea and I burn for something, I can get really energized and excited about this. Uh, and, I uh, and I was so excited about this idea. And then I really thought to myself, okay, what is it that I would lose if I try this? So, and I really made a list in my, in my mind. <laughs> I really thought, okay, what do I lose? I, okay. I, if I, if I try it for one year, I lose an income of one year and I lose actually basically nothing else. So that was it. It was just, it was the money that I lose. Then I thought, okay, how could I manage this? And I thought, okay, I have, I, I had some, let's say some money on the bank account, not, not that much, but I thought, okay, it is affordable to risk this one year. And to see if this is working out or not. And if this is really not working out, I really have to say, I have to be, let's say, honest to myself and say, okay, I will stop it. And this was a nice experiment. And then I look and find a job again, because I was always, let's say, I always had a good network of people that I knew. I had a lot of contacts and I really thought, okay, if this is not working out, I will always find a job. <laughs> Understood. Well, that's, that's a very good position to be in, of course. But in that whole time, did you ever look back and think, oh my gosh, why did I do this? What was I thinking? Or was it always confident? Um, well, I when I looked back, so you know I don't mean when you look back today, but while you were in it that first yes, year. Yes, well, when I yes, sometimes I had really faces where it was really difficult because I mean year one actually we split up with the team with the founding team that was horrible then I thought oh god how am I going to do this now uh, but I always thought oh, I have these people now I have the responsibility for this team and I always and I still believe in this idea okay I will, I will always find a solution me I'm, I think I'm a really optimistic person maybe some people also think that I'm naive sometimes but it's not na I'm not naive it's oh. but it's just that I you know I always think okay I will somehow manage things somehow I will find a solution and uh yes and then okay then you know I always when I was looking back <laughs> I found the solution it was always a, sol a solution there so it's mm -hmm. uh it it always worked out and uh I mean, I also got very ill one time. So during the, the first one and a half years, I got uh, um, I got a, a cancer, actually, a tumor, and that was diagnosed. And I had to I had to get surgery twice and stuff like this. So this was also uh, something where I really I was shocked. Also, I said, "Oh God, can I do this now?" But also, it kept me really energetic and um, 
it really, you know, I was always, I had this feeling, I have to go back. I have to work. I have to do this. I mean, mm -hmm. So it was not really this situation where I thought I'm ill now and I want to, I, I did not want to be ill. And this also helped me mentally that yeah. I really recovered very fast. And, uh, and wow. also, but also, you know, all these things that happened in my life, it was not always easy. It was often very difficult But it helped me always to be very thankful that I managed situations. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to try to stay unemotional. Oh, it's, it's okay. You know, see, I also, I'm, I think I'm an open person. Yeah, yes. it helps me also when I talk yes. a lot to other people. I think I get a lot back from other people. And uh, this helped me also a lot. And also, I, I think it always... Also with, you know, in the first years of rate pay, we had a lot of difficulties, a lot of struggles. And uh, yeah. I was, it was always great to be really, really open also with the investors and the shareholders. Also when, yeah. they, when we had problems, yeah. that there was a much better understanding also and trust with, yeah. with each other. I think this is super important. Yeah, and, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. But, you know, when you were saying, for, for me, what struck me is the combination of competence, passion, And simply having a goal to make so that you knew where you were going and keep going. And it, it, it sounded like it helped. Yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, uh, it was my wish. I was really, yeah. I was really, I say, I really wanted to make something great out of this. <laughs> really a strong will. <laughs> I understand that part very well. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm just, just a few nano mo uh, years older than you are. But um, I, I didn't start as a pioneer, but I was, I was sort of first in certain things. So mm -hmm. I know how it is to sort of, you know, fight your way through and, um, yeah. and be strong. Um, I'd like to go on to your next decision, yeah. which was um, then all of a sudden, I mean, for, for those who don't know you and for those who are on the outside, it seemed like, okay, now she's decided to go ahead as a serial entrepreneur <laughs> and found Banksware. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I knew um, last week we did our uh, podcast on banking as a service. And now, as I understand it, Banksware is a lending as a service. Yes. So right. if you That's could. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so the first question is, and I think I actually, to some extent, you've answered it, but just to make it clear, where did the idea come from? When did you decide this was it? And this is the <laughs> next step. <laughs> so, you know, with RatePay, the idea came from the, from the customers by talking to the customers. Actually, right. thanks where it was the same. Right. It was not just suddenly in my head and it was not because I was looking at some, you know, market figures or so that I thought you need to, it was just by talking to customers. And so at RatePay, I had, I had some marketplace customers, some platform customers, And they were asking us if we as RatePay could provide their merchants with better liquidity solutions, or if we could pay out money much, much earlier or give even credit lines. Mm -hmm. And we were evaluating this and we thought, well, we could do it, but we would need to adjust so many things in our system. Mm -hmm. So we, because the, the business of, of RatePay is a scoring of private people. Yeah, it's, I, I feel Greenfield coming. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was, was just, you know, in my head, you know, I was thinking, okay, what would we need to do? And then realizing that this is just, it, it would not work out because technology is also, I think you have to focus really, really strong on, on a few things and you cannot 
do many things. This was really my learning in the last years also. I mean, RatePay is a tech company, but also, you know, I was always in the market, always had these many, many ideas what we could do, but always had to really realize that we have to break it down to really the few things that you really are able to do. The laser focus. Yes, and you need a focus. And this product, so actually, let's say this product that came up in, in my head was something that was too far away from the core. So we would have we would have need to build a new risk management system for let's say for scoring of the of the uh, companies and yeah. not the private people. Yeah. And we would have also let's say the, the regulatory framework is a different one. So there would have been too many things, even if there are some similarities, but. And then, but you know, when, when you have, let's say four customers asking you about this and I started then, okay, had this in my head. Okay. How could you build this? What would you need to do? Then I was looking at this market, you know, looking at how do people or how do small companies get liquidity in, in the Dach region? No, I was first looking at the Dach region. Yeah. So, okay. If you are young, a young e-commerce merchant, for example, and uh, you want a loan from a bank, uh, well, if you are young and maybe only seven, eight months old, you don't get a loan because to acquire, to be, let's say, to be eligible for a loan, you need, in Germany, you need to be at least two years. You, and you need some, let's say, proven uh, things. Track record. You, to the you bank. need the track record. Yes, you need the track record. You need the bank statements and everything. So you don't, you just don't get it. It's, it's impossible. Yeah, right. It's just not working. This is one thing. So the other thing is also, that the processes for small loans is it's you don't have any they are not they're not they're all manual they are they're not really there is not really online an online world but you have everything online and so this is also why is this like this and i found out by talking to banks that this business or let's say this business unit of the small loans is not really so attractive for them that they invest so much things in there because it's it is a lot of manual work and actually it's always the same things that they do. It's not really rocket science, how they do the scoring on, on when you give out a loan, but it's all manual. So, okay. This is something you could easily actually do online. <laughs> was it, was it hard for you to move conceptually from consumer to wholesale or, or was this no. completely easy? No, it was easy for me. Actually. I was, I just tried to, let's say, put in the merchant's perspective, said put, let's try to, to go in the merchant's perspective and really think, what do I need as a merchant? Yeah, as, okay. a, as a young merchant to be successful. So then um, I was looking at, you know, how do they do financing? Then I was looking at factoring solutions. How, how does this work? How does fine trading work? But I realized it's also, you know, for some use cases, this is great. And if you need to buy, let's say, stuff uh, to fill, let's say, if you just buy goods, for example, if you sell clothes and you buy it at a wholesale, you can use factoring to buy the invoice. This is fine. But imagine the small online merchant not only needing goods, also needing maybe people, manpower, yeah? for maybe two months to help in the Christmas business. Also maybe needing money to buy advertising on, on Amazon, on Etsy and wherever. Right, yeah? right, right. So there are several use cases why you need this money. Mm -hmm. And for this use cases, the factoring is not working. Right, so it's the 360 degrees. Yes, so this is, was also the, then I realized, okay. Then I was at Money 2020 and I think the US is always inspiring when you look around. <laughs> 
And I actually met my co-founder. Well, I knew him since a long time, but we had a coffee date. And we were looking together on, on let's say, what is Square doing and what is Shopify doing? And uh, he also told me that there is a product in the US called Merchant Cash Advance. This is super successful. And we were really talking about this. And I was telling him, you know, I see this at rate pay. I see this, the, this need from the market. And, and then we looked at Shopify and said, why are they getting, they're getting so successful with Shopify capitals? Because what they do at Shopify, they look at the actual revenues. And out of these revenues, they make a prediction how much they can lend to these merchants right. and they built up a whole ecosystem that is super successful said so actually we need to build actually the shopify idea what shopify does if we if we could build a solution that does revenue based financing and we really look into let's say in real time we look and on revenues and this will white label into platforms this would be great so we were then okay then with the, the, we started talking and talking so fintech was born yeah, and then they suddenly it was born and said, actually, we need to, what we have to build is actually a risk scoring like rate pay has, really that everything automated, but for, for businesses. Yeah. Right, right. So, and you're thinking, is it is it SME and growing or is that where you want to stay with this? So for us, let's say, I, I don't look what is in five years. So the next year is only SMEs. Yeah? Okay. And That's it's really... Enough. It's really only SMEs. It's only very small loans. And it's really focusing on this one product, mm -hmm. not going too much on the side. This is really, we, we now, we signed some very nice cont uh, contracts of nice customers. They are in the integration phase. They are big customers. And if this is really working out and we can scale it, let's see what's going on in 12 months. It would be interesting then to, to look back what has happened because I think they will go live in January, February. And from then on, I hopefully we hopefully see a lot of loans coming in. And this is now the most important thing is really to focus on this one product to really make this one product great. When this is great, we can think of a lot of other products. Yeah? Okay, fair enough. I have some ideas for you, but I'll hold them for now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Another quote that I really liked, and you've touched on it a little bit, but I have another question on it is a, lo a quote, a lot of press in the past has been about fintechs versus banks, but embedded finance is much more about banks and fintechs working together. And I know you talked about embedded finance, but I love the topic and I've talked about it a lot, podcasts about it a lot, about uh, banks working together with fintechs. Yeah. So here, here's Here's my question for you. So do you really think in the end that fintechs and bank work, work well together as a rule and under what conditions can this work? So actually we work as we are fintech. We work together with a bank, with a German traditional German savings bank. And I think it's great. And it, it works under the condition when, well, both sides um, accept each other. Yes, and also, but both sides also have to go towards each other. And also the banks have to change a bit on, on their behavior and, and, <laughs> and their thinking. So then it, it's, uh, you know, that you don't have a culture clash. You need to, let's say, bring them together and find a very, let's say, good way of working. And I think this is possible. And also why I think I mean, we need the bank. Yeah, we need the bank because of the regulatory side. Mm -hmm. And also I think for the bank, it's a great, uh, it's a great uh, it's an opportunity to work with us because through us, they can get totally new customers. 
Yeah, there's there's no question whatsoever that it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. I think I think almost everyone in the business would agree. I guess the point that I sometimes struggle with is the bank saying, oh, it's not made here. I'm not sure that it's in the right thing or having to translate. Uh, I have often because I'm part of the fintech world and part of the banking world. Mm -hmm. See, I translate what they're saying to each other. They're so far apart, they don't understand each other. Or there's the question of the silos and the KPIs. Yeah. What is your experience there? I can imagine it's a lot about silos, yeah? Because they, and maybe also don't, I mean, a lot about politics in the silos is also a problem. Yeah, that people don't want to change things how they are today and, and keep on, You know, there is a stickiness to some ways of working because maybe there's a bonus ahead. Oh, I, I don't know that, but there are some Absolutely. structures Absolutely. that are difficult and that there are structures in, in the in banks, but it's not only banks. In a lot of, let's say, corporate worlds that are not good for innovation. Yeah, and Absolutely. often it's also bonus structures that really... It, I would say it's... 60 to 70%, it's the KPIs and their bonus structures that come yes. with it. I agree with you totally. Yeah. Because, and that, and you have to ask yourself if an individual is focused on doing the right thing for their company and that's how they're incented, yeah. why would they do anything else? And that's, yeah. the, that's the scary part, right? Yeah. And that's the thing I really, I think the, that's, that's an important thing for the management or the board of a bank really to think about this. How can they actually what do they need to do in order to make their people more entrepreneurial minded? Yeah. That they really go for opportunities and take these and don't, don't, I mean, because don't decide against them because they don't get the bonus then or so, because this is not good. It's really not good for the companies. I think yeah, we have to all. change. It is really, this is something also the attitude of many banks has to change. And I see banks out there that are really, really moving differently. And, uh, and I, but this, this needs to be, this needs to happen on a broader level. There's definitely good examples, but I think the two things you said, I want to emphasize that again, are key tone from the top. As yes. you said, you know, it's the it's the management and also mindset. Yeah. Um, you know, you can fool around with KPIs all day long, but the mindset of the the company needs yeah. to be in a direction. It's a mindset. Yeah. The openness for innovation. Absolutely. I okay. mean, uh, there is a nice uh, quote, a Chinese quote. I unfortunately have it only in German. Say it in German. I said in German. Okay. Also, wenn der Winter Veränderung weht, bauen die einen... Um, Mauern und die anderen Windmühlen. Oh, I love it. Okay, so it's your whole perception. So some, the, I, I'm not going to translate it right now. I'll think about this. We'll, we'll, we'll put it in the notes or something. But that's. Uh, I like this very much. And I think yes. this is a, maybe also a cultural thing that we have to, let's say, embrace the future. Yeah. And we will have a lot of change coming through new technologies. And this is mm -hmm. not going away. No, absolutely and not. If and we, so, if we yeah. try to, let's say, build walls that doesn't touch me, it will only, maybe it does that for one or two years, but then it is just really, this is really um, dangerous, I think, I think if, if you build walls. As so opposed really to better. windmills to take advantage of that wonderful yes. wind. Yes, yes, I love it. <laughs> Brilliant analogy. Um, I want to ask you another question, uh, a partner of yours from payment banking, but uh, at At our recent uh, Euro Banking Association open forum, Andre uh, Bayerat spoke about contextual banking, and you've mm -hmm. mentioned embedded banking. 
uh, or embedded finance, excuse me. So what are your thoughts? Uh, this is sort of a, it's almost an add-on or a continuation, uh, or how would you describe it, contextual banking? Do you think this is our future? Yeah, actually, I mean, it's the, the vertical or the contextual banking. So you have really a banking product that is that is perfectly personalized to a certain group, yeah? Or to a certain, not group, but uh, let's say, in the right in the right relevance and because i think what people need in the future is products that fit them better so for example if you take a look at you know liferando takeaway.com so they have their customer group is restaurants these restaurants they have a totally different need of banking and banking services and financial services than other verticals and i think therefore this is if you put the banking inside of a takeaway.com you can adjust it better to mm -hmm. certain groups. And that is for me actually the contextual because in the right. context of the right relevance. Right, so the personalization, making it really relevant yes. for each person. And I think this is super important in the, in the future that it's on the right place for the right people. You know, that this, uh... Are there any other technologies that you think are going to be necessary to make this happen or is it just developing what we already have? Well, we need more APIs, better APIs, <laughs> better access to data. Yeah, yes. okay. this is really something. I mean, it is developed. We have this already, but it's it's underdeveloped in in many many cases. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so therefore, I think there this there is a, a huge huge things to do. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I want to just go back for a moment to financing as a service and indeed banking as a service. Um, a, do you feel this is the future slash what about incumbents? Um, where do you see this going? I mean, yeah, what are your thoughts here? Yes, I think this is the future, banking as a service, because it's the same with the embedded solution. Is this you, Banking will be, it is not really the, the banks that do banking anymore. It's more other companies that do banking because banking is all sorts of things. Yeah, so it's, let's say the whole value chain along banking and this is you will not have this done by one company because it's mm -hmm. it's all about technology and for every little piece of the banking stuff you do so putting money on an account so an account of banking savings uh, loans everything so this is all part of risk banking. assessment everything yeah and this is getting more and more you need more and more technology for every single part of this Therefore, I think this is to make it good. This cannot be done by one single company, a bank. So a bank for me in the future does not really do the banking itself because the banking needs more technology. And this is probably something that banks are not able to build that fast and that speed. So there you have the new, new companies coming and they're building this. But I think the role of the bank is then behind, let's say, there's still the role of the bank. They have a lot of trust and they have a lot of data, but they really need to be, they have to become to, you know, sometimes I don't need the, uh, when I'm having the uh, English word, Tresorraum, yeah? Oh, okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I know what it is. You, you know what, what I mean? So they have to, to, yes. pick, to, build, to build this big safe is where yes. there is safe. a trust it's foundation. The yes. Yeah. Because I think this is this is the advantage of the bank that they are the trusted institutions, you know, totally. 
for the regulatory framework because I think a lot of small, you know, all these incumbents they don't have this trust from the from the um, from the consumer side. And also, if I look at banks, for example, banks from the business side would not have this trust that we could do that if we not work with the bank in the back that has a lot of trust. And so the combination of this both creates this banking as a service. (laughs) Okay, well, unfortunately, I can't argue with any of your points because I agree 100%. I think that uh, that the, well, I, I would say my theory is that the incumbent bank could probably do it all and more if they, truly were organized in the right way to do so um, yeah. but it won't happen so that's no. that's that's theory number one theory number two is um i totally agree that um this it hasn't made, been made here has got to has got to leave has got to be gotten rid of so yeah. that you know and the whole idea of laser focus and really having certain companies do certain things very well and putting yeah. them together on I mean, a platform and an ecosystem is what we're looking for, right? Absolutely. I mean, also the incumbent banks like Revolut or N26, I mean, they don't do many things by themselves. As far, I mean, all these these, yeah. functi- these banking functionalities, so savings and uh, and investments, they are, they are not building right. it by themselves. No, but, but, but they are better at it. They build open... They build their brand. They build their brand, right? Yes, they build a brand. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, they built a brand and they built an open structure with easier, let's say, an easier connection into all these banking, absolutely, banking, fintechs, whatever. Yeah, yes. no, what, what you're seeing is the, the neobanks, the challengers are really picking up exactly that. They don't perhaps have the complete trust yet, but, yeah. you know, it's early days. It's early days, yeah. So, all right. You are so poised and so balanced, Miriam, a true role model for, for me and for many out there. So um, let me say we all of us wish you were on our team uh, <laughs> in our quarter as a leader. <laughs> Probably something that keeps you up at night, too. What makes you uneasy? What worries you? Oh, what worries me? This is more what worries me are more sometimes private things, my family, you know, if somebody's ill. So this is things that really worry me. And the so other for things, you, the business stuff is just exciting challenge. Yeah, but in the business, I it's nothing really that worries me because I think, okay, you never know how regulation is changing. Okay, this could all, but then, okay, you have to find a way to, to solve it. Yeah, <laughs> this is. Do you think this is a woman thing? I'm really curious. Every time I talk to women, I get the impression that there isn't anything out there that we can't somehow decide on or make happen or. Yeah. And, you know, just really the thing is, Kate, this is maybe this is also, you know, my illness, what I had. And also when I was younger, I had an illness was 20. So I I really had some hard things in my life. So and I'm really and I always think nothing can really, you know, there's nothing that kills me. There's nothing else that kills me. Yeah, so it doesn't really worry me. And if there is a problem coming, I will solve it. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I agree. <laughs> I agree. One one last sort of um, technology topic that I just wanted to hit on because it's everybody's talking about it. And so I have to ask you. So we were just doing a podcast on the metaverse or the multiverse or whatever <laughs> we want to call it. Um and we were laughing about future uh, avatars for ourselves. I was uh, Princess Leia, of course. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, what are your thoughts? Where do you think all this is going? 
Yeah, this is this is our world. This, this is probably we have we will live in a virtual world in the future. I think so too. And we will have a virtual life. Is this something that is going to happen? I don't. I not well. I I love the real world too, but yes, I think we will live in a virtual world. In a way, we will. It will be part of our life in the future. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So any final thoughts from you? Any tips or tricks for our listeners? Anything you'd like to add? Oh, just uh, say, okay, <laughs> don't worry too much. I mean, the, I mean, even sometimes I think here in Germany, we're not that innovative and I look at the other countries and so, but I still, I think we live in a very good country and we have to stay optimistic. This is something we, it, we should not worry too much because if we worry too much, we we don't have we don't have a good life and you have only one life so this is really important to embrace the future and see what's coming we will we will find a way to get out of it yeah i love that so we'll find a way together i love your optimism yeah. the glass is definitely half full and not half empty um, <laughs> yes. and we're going to bring passion and engagement and courage to go back yeah. to the first quote see and my father always said to me he had that you know my father Uh, he had a quote, it's a quote from my father. He said, Begeisterung ist das Prinzip aller Möglichkeiten. He always oh, said wow. that. Oh, wow. So, okay. Enthusiasm so, is the principle for all possibilities. Yeah? It helps you to get through and also, let's say, I think this is very important. It helps me also to, to get energized and things like this. So, and don't feel so stressed and, and laugh a lot. Yeah? <laughs> it's also, it helps also if you... <laughs> Well, I have nothing to add to that. That is perfect. <laughs> so thank you so much, Miriam. And thanks to all of you for listening to Digital Dump. Our aim is to tackle a topic of interest in the world of technology on a weekly basis. We're on 10 platforms now, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, etc. If you have a topic you'd like to know more about, please let us know. Thanks and bye-bye for now. Thank you, Kate. It was great to be, that I was here. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> <laughs>